Hello, my name is Austin. I am the DM and main host of the Beer and Pretzel podcast, a one-shot role-playing game podcast where we play new one-shot role-playing games. We review them, and we also often talk to the game's creator on this special actual play podcast. Today, I'm going to be doing our spinoff, which is Forever a Gnome, which is where I play a solo role-playing game podcast when I can't get the whole gang together. We didn't have an episode this Tuesday because uh, it was Halloween and we took that week off. We'll have a new episode of the rest of the gang back on this Tuesday coming up where we're going to be playing uh, either Tales from the Loop or another game. Today, we're going to be playing the Forever Gnome edition of Morkborg. Morkborg is a really cool game published by Free League. It's described as a doom metal album of a game, a spiked flail to the face, rules light, heavy, everything else. One day all will blacken and burn. So this is a really cool role-playing game that Free League just put out, and it's been catching the world by storm, sort of. It is a OSR type game, very rules light. It can be dungeon crawling if you want, but it is really a game that is fantasy-based, it's a very dark theme. The sun went out many years ago, and after the last uh, major event that will purge the world, it tells you, it recommends you that you burn the book. So it's got a lot of edge to it, but it is very, very well done. It's simple enough that you can get in fairly quickly. There's a lot of extra content put out. They just allow people to, by crediting them, of course, uh, put out their own materials for this game. So there's a ton of extra content out there. For this game and it's just really neat that the book itself is beautiful it's uh bright yellow and the font goes all over the place sometimes a little bit hard to read but it's usually done in like a metal type font and it's just every page has a different type of art to it so really more than just kind of a cool book it's really more a visual read this is the one role-playing game i would recommend people to get not as a PDF because you can only really appreciate it in my eyes if you have the physical copy. And I play a lot of role-playing games with just PDF because it's easier to collect and often cheaper, but Morgborg and any of its follow-ups are the one game that I will always own a physical copy of. With that said, let's get into the solo rules for Morkborg. So this was sent to me, a whole bunch of rules and extra content by Phil from 1D10 Plus 5, who he put together a really cool rule book, which you can find actually for free. I'll put a link in the podcast description below if you want to check it out. But rules to convert in Morkborg to a solo role-playing game. You basically go into a dying world, and there are ways to level up and have a campaign, but you are expected to die. This is a harsh game, and it doesn't pull any punches. So I'll be playing that. I will be playing three characters, but because this is solo rules, they'll be playing one after each other. So if I happen to die during this game, which most likely will happen at least once or twice, the next character will fill in for me. And with Morkborg, uh, the only basic rule change, while he did add a lot of stuff to it, is the most noticeable difference is that you roll 2d20s if you add any modifiers or negatives instead of just 1d20. So it has a little bit of the power by the apocalypse system of a partial hit, a success, or a weak hit. In this, instead of rolling just 1d20 and adding whatever you have to it, you roll 2d20s, and if both of them are over the 
damage threshold or the success that you need, you get a strong hit, or if only one gets a success, that's a weak hit, or if none of them meet the target mark, that is a failure and then really bad stuff happened. So let's jump into this. I'm going to be playing the opening adventure of Shadow Clink. And if I make it through saying people enjoy this episode, let me know because there's a follow-up adventure where you keep going deeper, deeper into the dungeon. If any of my characters make it, maybe I'll do a follow-up episode in the future. I was minding my own business when a bunch of bored and sadistic guards threw me into their mobile prison, carted me away to the dungeons beneath the Shadow King's palace. I have no idea what I did. Heresy is vaguely mentioned and it's decided that I should be chained to a pillar left to rot in the Hall of Sorrows. The guards strip you and take my equipment, leaving me naked, hungry, and bound to cold stone. Then, I shall roll d4 to find out what happens next. After we find out how I hopefully escape, I'm going to go into who my first character is, and let's say that as I look around this dark, damp Hall of Sorrows, there are many pillars and there's prisoners chained to them, most of them dead, dying of exhaustion, pain, or, you know, dehydration or hunger. I look around though, there are a couple other people who are still alive that if I escape, I'll bring them on my journey, and if I happen to die, they'll fill in for me. But let's roll d4 to see what happens to me next. So that is a four. So the jailer who chained me up was distracted. He forgot to lock the mechanism. I make my escape. When the coast is clear, subtract one omen as I clearly used it there. So omens are a cool little thing that the game adds to just give you basically a fight in chance. It allows for re-rolls and it basically just helps you get out of a bad situation that you're stuck in. My character though just lost one for getting out while he was distracted as they run deeper into the Hall of Sorrows, deeper into this underground prison. I started with two omens apparently, so now I only have one. So my character's name is Graft, and Graft is a feigned deserter with hit points uh, 7. Oh, so he's actually very strong. I'm very lucky to get this character as my first character here, and there's a reason why I'm going to get to in a second. This character wasn't built by me. For all three characters I'm going to be most likely playing, I'm using Morkborg's uh, character generator, which they have a really cool one on Morkborg's website, or you can just Google it but it basically generates everything for you. Of course, your stats, but also generates what equipment you have, it generates what uh, special attacks you have, and also your character's background. So for Graft, my earliest memories are of suckling a wolf in the wilds of Bergen Crypt. I had 30 or so friends who never let me down. My teeth! Disloyal, deranged, or simply uncontrollable, any group that didn't boot me out just left me anyways. But my group of teeth, enormous, protruding, thick and sharp, have always been my allies. Egocentric and loud mouth, hands caked with sores. I make jewelry from the teeth of the dead, if that can be considered a bad habit. I have a rare sought-after item. So maybe that sought-after item is the reason why I'm in prison. Maybe they try to get it from me, and I won't tell them where this item is, and they just threw me at the bottom of this prison cell. And they just threw me at the bottom of this prison underneath the castle, basically to kind of get me talking, to give up where this item is. So that's kind of cool. So while I'm very happy with getting this character beyond this character being one of the stronger classes in the games in terms of hit points, 
is that he starts with his own attack, a bite attack, which is actually fairly strong because this mission makes sure to tell you, anyone who's playing, that you start off with no items. They strip you of your clothes, your armor, your equipment, your weapons, everything. So you can only really punch people until you somehow are able to find a weapon. So for now, I'm not going to be totally out of luck, as I do have a decent weapon, which is my teeth. As my character is a deranged lunatic, but he does have, like I said before, he's got 30 friends, his teeth. A very sharp protruding teeth that I can use to bite my way out of harm's danger. So let's get into this game, let's play. I'm very excited to play Graft. Hopefully I make it far with him, because after that, I'm not sure what my other character is going to be able to do, because most likely they'll just only have their fisticuffs to combat with. So the game makes sure to tell me at the beginning that the Hall of Sorrows has two arch exits. Which one do I choose? As I flee the guard who is distracted, I'm going to go deep down into the left corridor and see what I find. So to see what the next room is, I'm going to roll 2d20s and add any special rooms I've already found, which is zero at the moment, and uh, depending on what I roll is what kind of room I find. And I'm rolling against the difficulty rating of the dungeon, which is a 10, which I think is like a decent size, but not a huge dungeon. So I rolled a 2 and a 9, which is underneath 10, unfortunately. So I get a fail, which means I encounter some kind of enemy trap or calamity as I leave your current location and find something is very wrong. As Graft leaves, fleeing the distracted guard, I go left down further into the crypt underneath the Shadow King's palace. As I go into the next room, I find a jailer, which makes sense. He has chainmail on and a small dagger. The game asks I check his reaction, because, you know, he might want to cage me back up, or maybe I can bribe him. Rolling 2d6, which is from the main book, I get an 8, which means he's indifferent to me. He looks upon me, and he goes, What are you doing here? He goes, Shouldn't you be back in your cell? He starts walking towards me, a little bit confused. I look towards him, I get on my hands and knees and beg him to release me. Please sir, let me go. All I want to do is live in these sewers. I don't want to be chained, I want to be free. Let me go and I'll tell you where the most wondrous piece of treasure is. That's why I'm here after all, I wouldn't give them the location of some buried treasure. And I'll give it to you, just let me go, you don't even have to bring me out of here, just let me live, don't bring me back. With that, I'm going to roll a presence check, which my character only has plus zero in, so I'm going to be rolling against a common difficulty rating of 12, and we'll see what happens. And I roll 2d20s, because that's what you do in the solo version of this game, and I get a 6 and a 12, so I get what is considered a weak hit. So I succeed at a cost. So the cost, I'm going to say, is that he chases me back, he doesn't lock me up, or he doesn't get a chance to stab me or anything like that, but he runs after me, intending to lock me back up. As he chases after me, he goes, You! Get over here! And he pulls out a, a Cat-09 tailed whip, and he starts whipping at me as I run forward. I run back to the Hall of Sorrows, knowing that there is one more door going the opposite direction, but I'm going to have to get around those guards I just left behind. So I'm going to be rolling agility, and hopefully I'll be able to get by them. I slink to the shadows. I let the guards and the jailer argue it out in the Hall of Sorrows. 
I keep going around, going from pillar to pillar, hiding only in the darkness. As this is beneath a giant palace, there is very little light that comes in here, so it makes it even easier for me to go around them. And I go the opposite direction, I find a door, and I creak it open as I escape down to the right corridor of the Hall of Sorrows. What can I find beyond these doors? Going past the door, I rolled a partial success, so I find a generic room. So this room's objective is that is oppressive, and what I take from that is that this room is a chasm where it is kind of like a steam bathroom, sort of, that there is naturally recurring like hot like water spring things underneath this castle, and only the very rich are allowed entry to this room. And they can go in, they can soak in mud bath, uh, they go in what is a natural chasm, uh, and there's just hot water springs underneath here, and prisoners are having to go back and forth, carting away uh, dirty water, replacing it with good water, and just bringing food, water, drinks, whatever, to the rich upper class who are getting their money, they're enjoying themselves in this very gross world where truly only the very rich and powerful have any sort of enjoyment or have any sort of decent life or everyone else is kind of a mixture between the extreme poor, slaves, or dead. My character sees all this, I'm gonna look to see how many rooms there are. There are two rooms out, and what other room contents are in this room? Unexpected event. The unexpected event is that someone comes up to me and shoves me. I hit the ground, I look back ready to strike to attack. It is a guard, but not one that locked me up in the Hall of Sorrows. It's another guard who has seen me and believes that I am one of these slaves that is supposed to be getting stuff for the wealthy. He goes, what are you doing? Get back to work. Now, what does Graf do? I could attack him and take his stuff, that'd be kind of cool, or I can try to lie my way out of this or run away. Graf looks at him and flees. This is not his fight. As I run away, um, he chases after me, but hopefully by dodging through the large crowd of people that are here waiting for the mud baths, I'm hopefully able to slink by them and escape. I get a partial success and I'm able to escape but now I have the rest of the guards following me. I am not allowed as my partial success. I'm gonna give myself the disadvantage that at least for the next portion of time, unless I get a very good far distance away, the guards from the Hull Sorrows in the mud bathroom are chasing after me, so I can't wait around to get more hit points if I become injured. Continuing, I go into a stairwell. Going up into what I hope is the outside, I run into a apprentice torturer as I start running to the worst of people down here. I am going to have to engage with him in combat, but maybe I will be able to get out of this situation. And Morkborg has a really cool initiative in that it's very simple, unlike D&D or just pretty much any role-playing game where you roll dice, you add your modifiers when everyone ranks themselves based on what they rolled. In this game, you roll a d6 and 1, 2, or 3, the enemies go first, or 4, 5, and 6, the player characters go first. That's easy. So I'm going to roll, and I did get 6, which means I get to go first. I see the torturer, and I'm just trying to get by this guy. So I'm going to jump at him, uh, lunging at him uh, with my teeth out. And I'm going to try to bite into his shoulder and see if I can put some real damage into him. 
And for those listening who want to play Borkborg as a solo role-playing game, you only roll the 2d20s and add any bonuses for skills and everything like that, or rolling up a new room. You don't do that for combat. So once we get to actual combat portions, you, it's just a normal game. It's uh, you roll a d20, you add any modifiers, you go from there. All right, so role-playing as Graft, he's clumsy and dull-witted. And that's why it's my major decision to just lunge at the torturer and try to put some hurt on him by biting him. Not the smartest thing to do, considering that he has a whip and he probably has some decent armor, but it's what I do. I'm quartered in this stairwell. I could go back down, but there's guards on there or I can go back up. So I'm kind of like a cornered cat as I lunge at him. So my difficulty rating for the attack is 10 according to my bite attack and does a d6 damage if I hit. And I rolled a crit fail, so that's the worst possible outcome, so that's not good. So in this game, a fumble, which is when you roll 1 on a d20, is you often would like break your weapon or whatnot. So this is my teeth, so what I'm going to say is I jump on him and start biting him and biting him, but I'm kind of doing a foolish thing as... He is someone who has some type of armor. What has he got? He's got bloody apron. Okay, so uh, I guess it's not super. Uh, I was going to say if it was the jailer, I would bite down on him and I would break my teeth. In this situation, no, I'm going to give him a free attack. And in Morkborg, you roll for your defense. So the bad guys never really are bad guys. So there's not really bad guys in this. You know, I'm sort of a bad person. They're bad people. Everyone's just shitty people, shitty human beings in this world. So I bite into him, but I'm kind of doing so very clumsily, and he's able to push off me and get a free attack with his barbed whip. And I'm going to roll to defend with my agility. My agility is minus one. While this character is very strong, I have pretty shitty stats of plus zero for strength, minus one agility, and plus zero to presence and toughness. So he does hit me, doing 1d6 damage. So he only does one point of damage as he takes his barbed whip and cracks it on me, kind of as like a uh, a threat more than anything, a warning shot, if you will. So cracks on me, and I start bleeding a little bit, but I still have plenty of hit points. But it's his turn again, as I was a free attack, he whips me again, and I am able to jump out of the way as he's whipping both sides of the stone corridor of the stairwell as he's making his way down towards me as I'm backing up slowly. At the bottom, I can hear the footsteps of the guards coming to get me and chain me back in this hall of sorrows. And once again, I do not have any weapons at this point as he stripped everything from me. So I am going to run at him and try to wrestle him to the ground and just bite at his throat. And I did succeed with a 10, which is barely enough for my character to make it. What's kind of cool about the bite attack is afterwards I got to roll a d6. A 1 or a 2, the enemy gets a free attack, which makes sense because that to be extremely close to him to do any damage. So I'm rolling my d6. Uh, another one. So I only do one point of damage on him. So I guess I bite his hand and he screams a little bit, but not doing a ton of damage. I'm able to avoid any damage by him and I keep chomping down. Raft keeps biting harder and harder. As I was able to dodge his last attack as he was trying to hit me and just get me off him, I keep biting harder. And with a successful roll, I'm going to do more damage equal to 5. So now he's taken 6 points of damage, and if I'm not mistaken, that will finish him off. And his armor does block one of it, 
but that's still not enough as he hit his uh, 5 hit point threshold and he is down. Before the guards come up, I put on his bloody apron, I drape it over me, and I grabbed his barbed whip that has a little bit of my blood and flesh on it, and I keep running up the stairs, hoping that's going to bring me to freedom. It does not, it just brings me to the top to another room, but maybe, let's say, that it does bring me a little bit closer to the end. I jump into the next room, I slam the door behind me as I look around. I did roll success on my uh, rolling for the next room challenge, and I rolled up the special room, and in this game, especially for games that have been put out already by 1D10 plus 5, he's got a bunch of cool different uh, one-shot Morkborg solo rule books out there for adventures. Uh, there's special rooms, you can get up to four, once you get to the fourth one, that's kind of exit. So basically, you're trying to find these special rooms, not just common rooms or just random encounters. I do find one of the special rooms, which is the torture chamber, which makes a lot of sense because I just fought the apprentice torturer. I guess he went out for a smoke break and he found a crazy man with large teeth in the stairwell and I just beat the hell out of him and I kept chomping on him until it got to his throat. I jump into this room and I did run into the apprentice torturer, but the main torturer, Splinterface, the Limb Crusher General is in here. There is a 1 in 3 chance that he'll be busy torturing someone, so he'll have his back turned towards me. There is a 1 in 3 chance that Splinterface will be busy torturing someone, so he'll have his back turned towards me. And I did roll a 1, so that's perfect. Okay, so as soon as I get into the room, I slam the door behind me, and I see the Apprentice Torturer's boss down torturing a man. He's got him on one of those stretchers, Notice ones medieval times where you would have the hand stretch up, the feet stretch down, and he has like a crank that he's slowly like extending their limbs. A very slow and painful process. He does have his back turned around, allowing me to basically get a free attack on him, or if I want, I can try to sneak around him. Splinterface wears a human leather cloak. Out of people he tortures, sometimes things go wrong, or for in his case, right, and people die. And he's been slowly, slowly gathering their skin, skin them in his pastime when he's bored or has no one to hurt. And he's been building this kind of sweet looking human leather cloak. That's going to be his armor, which uh, blocks 1d2 damage, and he has a Brandon Iron. That's going to be his weapon. I'm going to run after him, and I'm going to roll an agility check, and that will basically determine if I get a free attack on him or not. I rolled very well, and I will pass. Graft sneaks up to Splinterface. I already took care of one torturer, so a second one is now on the menu. As I get closer and closer, Evo, he has very good hearing. His hearing and my footsteps are drowned out by the screams of the poor prisoner that he is extending. I go behind him and I bite down. I succeed by rolling 11, even with my plus 0 that's enough to pass my difficulty rating of only a 10. And I will roll to see if he gets a free attack, actually I will not do that since he is uh, surprised. So he wouldn't even get a chance to, even though I am very close, I bite down on his shoulder and uh, We'll see how much damage I do. Very lucky roll as I rolled a 6 that will take out most of his hit points as I go behind him and just chomp down on the back of his neck. 
he drops the little lever thing that he's pulling to torture that man, and he turns around, he picks up his hot iron, and he's going to go to attack me. At this point, we're going to roll to see if he actually will go first or not, because that was just a surprise round, and I rolled a 1, which means the enemies go first. So after I chomped on his neck, he turns around and see this crazy man, blood-soaked teeth behind him. Someone who's a half-man, half-animal. He pulls his hot, torturing iron, and he rushes at me. I'll be rolling an agility check. Because my character is, while a stronger character, because he is clumsy and dull-witted, agility tests include in defense, I have to add damage rating plus 2 to it. So normally I would have to get 12, but in this case I have to get difficulty rating 14 to not get hit. So yeah, my character is a little bit stronger than the average character, but he also gets hit more often. With a lucky roll, I rolled a 17, so it doesn't matter. He stabs at me, I dodge to his side, and then jump on top of him, pinning him to the ground, hoping to get a lucky hit to finish him off. My luck has been doing very well today as I roll another 17. I jump on top of him, I hold him down, and then I tear at his throat. I saw the mark I left before which took out a big chunk out of his neck. I keep going there, and he's so weak at this point, he can't really do anything about it. As I tear out the rest of his throat, leaving a gaping hole where his throat was. His head kind of just falls to the side as I keep munching down. I turn around. I look at the prisoner getting tortured. I spit out a little bit of Splinterface's throat onto the ground as it was clogging up my throat a little bit. And... I leave the prisoner where he is. He got what happened to him. If he wanted, he could have defended himself. For me, he is the weak. I walk by him and I continue looking around this room to see if I can find anything cool. Searching the treasure chamber by rolling on Morkborg's D100 items and trinkets, I do find a D10 worth of arrows. So that is nine arrows for me. Doesn't really help me much considering I don't have a bow, but I have those. So I stick them in whatever pockets I have. Probably some really like gnarly looking pants that have more holes in them than fabric. I do find somewhere I can place them and then I find the closest door and I run out of it. I find an excavated zoo. So this is where the Shadow King would keep some of his pets that he would occasionally come down to visit. It was kind of a hobby for him for a while. Being a man with so much power and influence, he can do whatever he wants, so little hobbies like this didn't matter. When I find this zoo, though, I find that he's grown tired of his own zoo, and he has left it to be abandoned. I find multiple cells where different kinds of animals, creatures, abominations were kept. Now at this point, most of them, if not all of them, have died from being neglected and abandoned for so long. Searching around the room, as there's really nothing here, I was lucky to find an object. On a strong hit, I was able to find... Let's roll with a d4. An item of worth. By looking around, my character finds a black pearl. According to the game book, if dropped into darkness, which is pretty much everywhere around me, it rolls towards the nearest exit to daylight which would help Graft a lot, but Graft is very, eh, he's not a very smart guy. Graft kind of looks at it and sees shiny black opal. He puts it in his pocket, there's a hole in his pocket, it falls out. It does roll towards the closest door, be it the one that I'm about to go to or not, towards daylight, but I ignore it. 
Kraft is very dull-witted, so he doesn't really pick up that this item might actually have more importance than just monetary value, which he doesn't really value at all. So he ignores the Black Opal, leaving it to roll off to what could help someone else, maybe. And I go into the next room. I find an abandoned jail cell. A prison cell that has an unholy and infernal vibe to it. You can go in here and you can see what hairs of yours just rise up as you can feel that this place is truly evil. In this room, everyone has been abandoned to rot, and there is an unstable and hazardous environment to it. The floor, made out of ply boards, looks like they can collapse at any second. These boards were put here because this was built over a large pit, before they realized, hey, maybe that's not the smartest thing considering that in this wet, damp, underground cavern that you know wooden boards will kind of get old and will break after a while so there are a lot of breakage in places that prisoners or guards fell through to their deaths at a different point i'm gonna roll an agility and as long as i don't get a total failure i'll make it across this room without falling down into the dark pits beneath me and of course i roll a three and a one i fall down and this is where graph's luck runs out i roll a three and a one that is a total failure as i make my way across this room i'm not really paying much attention to the moldy and rotting floorboards and i fall through one of them and graft is no more as his luck runs out finally and he falls deep deep underground and only he before he hits the floor knows how truly deep it is as he plunges into darkness the next prisoner to take Graf's place, coming up behind him, a man who's been kind of following him, letting Graf, the very dull-witted brute, take all the damage and uh, open up the passageways for him to sneak up behind him. It is Quilnock. Quilnock is wretched royalty. Things were going so well until two young princes were kidnapped west of Bergen Crypt and disappeared into the black caverns of the eastern slopes. Bowed down only by the memories of my own lost glory, I can never submit to anyone else. Not me of noble blood. Not that I expect any of those fools to understand the depths of my sorrow. Worried and ruthless, nails cracked and black, maybe about to drop off. Pyromaniac, I have a cursed, never healing wound. So Quilnock, he seems like someone that because he let other princes get kidnapped and dragged away, maybe I faced some sort of criticism and maybe the mob got to me as I was maybe the third member of a trio of brothers who were going to uh, take over the throne. Maybe I helped arrange my other two brothers' uh, demise by having them get kidnapped by mercenaries. Doing so allowed me to get moved up on the chain of command to that I would take over my father as king one day. I was found out eventually, and yeah, that's why I've been put in this prison cell. For equipment, I don't really have much, because I'm going to go off what the book said, saying that, hey, you don't have really any equipment. Um, I will say that maybe I grabbed an improvised weapon, like a hot poker, or something from the torturing room. So I will use that, so I'll do 1d4 damage, not 1d2 damage with my fisticuffs, so I'll do a little bit more damage. I have a little bit more of a fighting chance, not much though. You know, going back to what I just rolled, uh, Graft, when him fallen, you know, I could have just used an omen to get past that. Omens allow rerolls, so I could have just used that to live, but you know, I feel like that was the perfect timing for him to go out. 
after such great rules before uh, tearing down the apprentice torturer, the main torturer. You know, he loses to some loose boards. Continuing down into a corridor, I find in the darkness a filthy retainer. This man, I'm going to be rolling a reaction check to see how he responds to me, but he's basically another prisoner like I, who escaped his chains. He only has his fists to fight if he does react poorly to me. Uh, but who knows, maybe he wants to join me in trying to escape this place. But there's a crazy, filthy man who just wants to get out and he sees me and at the moment sees me as someone that he might have to fight to get out of this prison. He is angered. He's angry for trying to, you know, he's been thrown down here for so long. He finally got a chance to escape and he just wants nothing in the world but to leave and see the sunlight again. Or, well, this is Morkborg, so there is really no sun. He wants to see the moonlight, which is the only kind of light in this world left, as the sun went out eons ago. Rolling initiative, he gets to go first, so the filthy retainer charges at me, thinking me as, like, a guard or something. And I put up my hands, like, whoa, man, we're on the same side here, but he swings at me. I'm going to roll my agility to see if I take any damage, and I do fail, so I'm going to take something. Let's check what I got. I don't have any armor, so I'm going to be taking the full 1d2, so not a lot, but I have less hit points than Graft. I have 5. Um, so I take 2 damage out of my 5, so that did a whole lot. And I'm going to... Do I have anything to attack him? Yeah, so I have this hot iron pick that I took from the torturing chamber. So I'm going to stab him in the side as he's swinging right at me. As I kind of look down upon him. Even though I'm a prisoner like him, as I am wretched royalty, I look down upon everyone, even my captors, as beneath me. With a success, I do the full amount of damage, which is only a d4, but this guy only has no armor and he only has two hit points so as long as i don't roll bad yep four damage i stab him in the side and he goes down hard i pull it out of him and i go down to check if he's okay and not that i care that much but no he's dead he's very skinny to the bone from being left here for so long and he didn't have much of a fighting chance to escape and i ended it for him with two successes, I do find a special room, so I'm two out of the four rooms to get out of here. As I find the second main room is the... The Corpse Disposal Room. A stinking pit piled high with decaying corpses of unfortunate prisoners. Maybe this is where the filthy prisoner came from. They threw his body onto the pile, but didn't realize he was still alive. He ran out, and then he found me. A giant flesh rat and D4 normal flesh rats emerge from the heap. Their bodies glistening with putrid slime. Okay, so one. So without roll, a giant flesh rat and one extra normal flesh rat emerge from the heap to attack me. Roll an initiative, they get to go first. The giant flesh rat charges towards me. His special attack is that every other round, there is a... Uh, his special attack is at every other round, so starting with this round, he gets to attack twice. Also, there's a 1 4 chance that his bite will be infected if he hits. So he bites at me, gnarl in his teeth, jumping at my legs, biting twice. This giant flesh rat is probably the size of a very large cat. I'm gonna roll agility twice to try to dodge his bite, succeed on the first one, failing on the second roll. His bite does a total of 4 damage, and with that, my character goes down. Uh, so, in Morkborg, 
if you go to exactly zero, there's a chance you will live. You can roll a dice to see if you just go unconscious. Maybe you have a little bit of fight left in you or you just die. But if you go anything below zero, in this case, with that lucky roll of a four for him, he took me to six out of my five hit points, bringing me below zero. I just die instantly. This game is really unforgiven in that characters only have a certain amount of hit points. And once they go negative, they die. No rolling to see if there's a one in three chance that they might live. Or in D&D, you get to roll a death saving throw. Anything above a 10, you're okay. In this, anything below zero, you're dead. So that character didn't live very long. And uh, Quillnock, time to kill him off. Rolling up my third character, I'm going to be getting the character of Gritter. Gritter is an occult herb master. He has a portable laboratory with him where he can make different potions, which is kind of cool. I was raised in the calm isolation in the Sarkash Dark, born of the mushroom, raised in the glade, watched by the eye of the moon in the silver black pool. Shrewd and cruel, long tangled hair, at least one cockroach is in residence. A nihilist. I insist on telling everyone that I'm a nihilist and explaining why. I come into this room, the corpse disposal room. I see the character that I was following, the wretched royalty, the prince. I see him getting pinned down by giant rats gnawing on him. I'm going to roll agility to get around them as I do not want to pick up this fight. Unfortunately I fail with both my rolls so they're going to see me so I'm going to be forced into this combat. I'm going to go first for the giant flesh rat. I think this character has something, let me check. What's cool about the occult herb masters is that they have a list of different potions they can create. There's eight choices. I roll a d8 uh, twice, and those are the two types of potions I can create and use every day with one d4 doses each. So while the giant rats are charging at me, I'll look down at my potion kit and see that I packed along. What did I pack? I packed a, a translucent oil that must be dabbed right into the eye. It heals infection and gives plus two on presence chests. It heals infections and gives plus two on presence tests for D4 hours. Alright, so I'll be good if I get infected by these rats' bites, but it doesn't really help me in that not dying. I also have spider oil soup. I can see in the darkness and climb in walls for 30 minutes. I'm going to take a little bit of the spider oil soup because this is a battle I am not planning on fighting, and I'm going to try to climb in the walls and get around them to escape. If they can't climb up walls, I'm good. I get a total success of a 1411 as my character jumps on the wall like Spider-Man, and while the rats are below, uh, gnashing their teeth and uh, scratching the walls, I climb over them, up and above them, I go past the ceiling, and I come back down the other side while they're busy looking at me from the other side of the room still, and I run out the door. Going to the next room, I find a neglected shrine. In this room, by the shrine, there is a rancid noble. I go towards him. Um, it kind of reminds me of the last noble that was here. This one has jeweled but beaten down silk robes, and he has some kind of sword stick that he has made to defend himself. I go closer to him to see what his reactions are towards me. A very poor roll as he gets up, he sees me, and uh, he charges towards me to attack as his reaction towards me is kill, kill, kill. 
I go up to defend myself. I only have these little potions to myself, so I'm going to have to punch my way out of this if I want to survive. And also my character is not the strongest, as I only have three hit points. So the way I see this is I came into this room, this dark and dusty shrine room. And I go towards the wretched royalty, and I'm hoping that this man, this random NPC that I found, could help me get out of here. Maybe he is someone that's connected to the above world. I go closer to him, and he freaks out on me, seeing this dirty man with a bunch of potions on me, like maybe I'm some kind of witch or wizard, and he goes over and he tries to stab me with his sword stick. I'm not sure what a sword stick is, I assume that's some kind of improvised weapon. Let's say that he took some kind of uh, sharp uh, stick that he was able to find, and by using a knife he's able to whittle it into a stronger weapon. Maybe something that could break fairly easily, but if it was actually able to hit someone or stab them, it could do a decent amount of damage. Rolling a 1 on the d6, he gets to go first. As 1, 2s, and 3s, the bad guys get to go first. Well, there's not really bad guys in this game, but you get the point. And he attacks me. I roll agility, and I fail. He charges towards me. I was not ready for this. I thought he was someone that I could potentially recruit into a friend, but he stabs me with a sword stick. Blood gashes from everywhere as he stabs me in one of my arteries, and I hit the ground bleeding out. Luckily, he didn't roll super well, so while I am bleeding, I'm not dead yet. I swing at him, and I'm going to try to run. A failure on both rolls as I swing, and I try to run away by slipping my own blood and I hit the ground, allowing him another attack. I roll my agility, and my bad luck continues as I roll another seven. That's three sevens in a row. Wow. And uh, he stabs me in the back with his sword stick. For him, once you've been lost in the underground world for so long, everyone looks like an enemy to you, even if they meant you no harm. He rolls a five, and he goes well and above past my maximum hit points as I perish. So... This was a fun game of Shadow Clink, the adventure for the solo rules for Morkborg. This was fairly quick because I don't want to do a really long episode on solo plays. If you enjoyed this, I've made two other solo role-playing game episodes on this channel, and future episodes will be going on our Patreon first before eventually coming to our main channel after a couple months. So they will be exclusive for the Patreon, Forever a Gnome, but they will eventually go to the main beer and pretzel podcast website so people can check those episodes out there but definitely check in on our other episodes the one with the rest of the group Krina, brad becky and travis as we have a fun dynamic together and while i enjoy playing solo role-playing games when we don't have enough content to publish i think our episodes really shine when we get the whole group and I do love Morkborg, so I will be playing this in the future. Maybe not as a solo role-playing game, as none of my characters survived this mission. So maybe I can bring it back, or maybe not. But I will be playing Morkborg in the future, but running it for the rest of the group to see how well they do. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps out a lot. Or if you want, you can check out our Patreon, where we'll have some pretty cool stuff there very soon. All the content for that, which will be bonus episodes, deleted episodes, never-before-heard episodes, and old content of Trash Talk Podcast, which is our sister podcast, which is ending on its own channel, being slowly moved into this podcast channel. You can listen to all of those on our Patreon. And we are part of the But Why Though Network. You can check them out. They got a lot of cool other geek-related podcasts going on there, like ones devoted to anime 
or to uh, Spider-Man. There is Into the Spider-Cast, where they just talk Spider-Man comics, movies, TV shows, everything. And they got a bunch more cool content on their website. Thanks for listening. I'll hear from you next time on the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. We'll be right back.